Thank you, Matt. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I want to transition either, man. <laughs> oh, it's good to be here with you guys this evening. Um, ah, it's nice to have all the college students back. Nice to have a little bit of a bigger room here. Um, if you're a college student and you haven't recognized me or you don't know me, my name is Nicholas. Um, and uh, I actually would have loved to make an announcement earlier. Uh, but uh, I was feeding my daughter. Uh, she just started solids on Friday, so we're sort of making that transition. But I would have made an announcement at the beginning that would have told you that my wife and I run a Sozo ministry here. So if you don't know what Sozo is, it's an inner healing and deliverance ministry. Um, if you want more freedom in your life or more intimacy with God, uh, we would love to pray with you. Um, and you can check that out right on the Kingdom Life website. And maybe after this evening, uh, that might be something the Lord prompts you to do because you want to get closer to him um, and you want to be more intimate with him. And so uh, I would just encourage you guys to check that out. I would also encourage you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to start there. And, um, and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and get rolling with that. Hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so if you turn your Bibles to 525, we're going uh, to start with that verse. Um, and that's the first thing I'm going to hit on. Uh, what we're talking about this evening um, is what Nicholas alluded to two weeks ago. And it's that we're in this series called Living Waters. Um, we're in this series about life in the Spirit, dancing in the river. You know, my son... He's two years old. He loves the song Deep Cries Out to Deep. And uh, he just, uh, all the time, he dances in the river. You know, uh, he loves dancing that song and celebrating. And, and uh, John chapter 4, uh, Nicholas already mentioned this at the beginning of this series. Uh, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And he says, everyone who drinks this water, referring to the well water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. So if you know Jesus and you've met him, you have a well of, of eternal, of living water welling up inside you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is inside you. Come on. Hallelujah. Uh, if you know Jesus, that is absolutely readily available. There's a problem, though, and I'm sure you've experienced it. You can know Jesus for five minutes or 50 years, and sometimes things, it's like, it doesn't feel like the water is fully flowing all the time. It doesn't feel like the river is fully flowing. So I'm going to answer the question, how do we cultivate the river of life in us this evening? Um, or a, a similar question might be, well, how do we go after more without striving? You know, because uh, we don't want to strive, but we want the river of life just to be like, you know, going everywhere. And as I began to, um, as I began to uh, um, think about this particular concept this evening, I had this image pop in my mind, and I have this illustration for you guys. Um, and it's of uh, these, these Brita pitchers here. Does anyone have a Brita pitcher? Yeah, Brita pitcher. You got to love it. Um, you just go ahead and um, set it up and pour some water in it, and then you wait till next Monday, then you have some fresh filtered water. <laughs> so that's kind of how Brita pitchers work. Um, but I got the picture of these, I got a, as we were thinking about this evening, I got a picture of these two Brita pitchers here. We have this Brita pitcher right here, and then we have this one right here. And you'll notice as I pour this water into each Brita pitcher, they're going to come out of the Brita pitcher, out of, through the filters at varying speeds. 
um, and they'll look different as they come out. And that's because one Brita pitcher, of course, um, if you have ever drank from a Brita pitcher, you know that once the filter starts to get clogged up, it doesn't come out very fast. And so you'll see this red one here. You've got, you've got some, uh, well, I'm holding, as I pick it up, it kind of changes the, the illustration a little bit. But it's coming out much faster than the white one here, which is kind of drips. Soderstrom's, you need to clean your Brita filter. So, um, so, uh, so my question for you this evening as we get started is, which Brita pitcher do you feel more like this evening? Which one more resonates with where you're at with the Lord? Because if you're this Brita pitcher and you're just kind of dripping, you, of course, want the river of life to be flowing in you more. But if you're this Brita pitcher and the water's flowing more faster and continue and you're feeling and experiencing the river of life in you, the question is, well, how do I keep that going? <laughs> how do we continue to live in that? And that's what I'm going to speak about this evening. So as you, uh, as you listen along, I would just encourage you to think about where you're at with these Brita pitchers here. Um, and we're going to come back to those in a little bit. I want to let you know as I begin, uh, you will hear me, um, for the sake of this evening, uh, lean a little bit towards one theological bent. Um, and uh, I want to just, I have to say that at the beginning, because some of you, once you hear me step into this theological bent, you might start to like kind of turn your ears off, because you might not agree with me. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to make a statement about a particular theological position, but I am going to lean a little bit more towards that way. But don't worry, I'm going to turn a corner. So once you, I'm going to turn a corner because it's not my responsibility to make a theological statement, but simply to hold, there's always tension in scripture between theological statements. So I'm going to hold that tension this evening. I'm going to lean one way very first. So just ride it out with me. All right. So the question about how do we cultivate the river of life is really, it's said really well in Galatians chapter 5. So you guys are on 5, Galatians chapter 5, and you're at verse 25, and it says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So it's really interesting. Paul is actually pointing out there's a difference between living by the Spirit and keeping step in the Spirit. Paul is actually saying these are two different things, to live in the Spirit and to keep in step with the Spirit. Because otherwise, if they were the same thing, he wouldn't have needed to distinguish between these two things. So at the end of the book of Galatians, Paul is saying, he's, he's asking, the, he's telling us the question that, you know, he's telling us to do the question that we're asking this evening. The question is, how do we cultivate the river of life? Paul is saying, you absolutely can do that. Go ahead and continue to be in step with the Spirit. So when we take a look at the book of Galatians, I'm going to zoom out a little bit before we go any farther. So when you take a look at the book of Galatians, if you don't know what it's about, Paul is actually writing this book um, because he's writing this book to a group of Galatian churches. In Acts chapter 13 and 14, he visits them. He preaches the gospel. Holy Spirit breaks out. Holy Spirit does these amazing, incredible things. But then all of these people come and visit Galatia who are very passionate about the body of Christ expressing their faith in one particular way. Because up until the first century A.D., primarily Christianity was for one family group, one ethnic group, one people, for the Jewish people. But then Jesus, praise God, shows up on the scene. He says, hey, it's not just for the Jews, it's also for the Gentiles. And so everyone gets access to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
But because everyone got access to Jesus, of course, there were varying opinions about how that, um, how a zealous faith should be expressed. And so you had Paul who said, hey, you can love Jesus and you don't need to do anything else. That simply if you believe that he died for you and you believe the gospel message, that is enough. And, and, he, and, and Paul is writing this letter in response because the Galatians, these people, had heard about a gospel and. They heard about faith and. They had heard the gospel from Paul, but then other people who were exceptionally passionate about them following Jewish law came behind Paul and said, oh, no, 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 no. You need to make sure that even though you believe in Jesus, you also, you also need to um, uh, practice circumcision and you, need to, and you need to practice these other Jewish laws. And so they're sort of adding to the, to the gospel message that Paul had originally spoke. And the reason I start in Galatians this evening is because all the time in our lives, like we... We deal with that all the time. All the time. You, whether you know Jesus or you don't, there is an extensive amount of pressure from the world or uh, from maybe your university or, or workplace or social pressure wherever you are to look a certain way or do things a certain way. And it, it, it takes a lot of wisdom and discernment to sort of piece through, like, God, what is it that I do? What is it that I listen to? And, and, and like, what does that look like? And, and, and to answer the question of, like, how do I say fresh with God can look really different because all of these people who are well-meaning might have very genuine, amazing wisdom for you. And they might have incredible wisdom, but if you have this person saying, well, it, it looks like this to cultivate the river of life in, in your life, and, or you might have this person say, well, do these things or, or be a part of these things. And, and the same way that you hear all these messages throughout the world, telling you, okay, this is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is how we express our faith. The Galatians were experiencing that same exact thing. They're experiencing that same exact thing. And so Paul writes this book to them, and he does some very specific things. The first thing he does is he actually explains the gospel to them. Again, he explains the gospel to them. If you'll go to Galatians 3.1... This is, a, this is a bit of a turning point in this book, a, a bit of a sort of a summary of, of some of the things, that, the things he's saying. First, Paul says, hey, I actually have authority to talk about this because I got my message from Jesus. If you guys know the story of Paul, he was formerly Saul. He was, he was apostled and ordained by Jesus himself. Jesus shows up and says, you are Paul now. And the first part of the book is Paul saying, I actually have authority to make a decision about this because I, I heard it directly from Jesus, not from man. And then Paul, in chapter 3, verse 1, he says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does, do, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? So Paul is, a, is addressing the Galatian church saying, hey, listen, you were doing great. You were, you were made to be justified and righteous before God. And, and you, were completely, you were completely saved just by believing the gospel. And that's it. You don't, you don't need to do anything else. That's it. 
you don't need to do anything else. That any work that would come from that is, is just this extra overflow of the river of life in you, motivated by the Spirit of God, not by your own mustering up, trying really hard kind of stuff. Because that's what the Galatians are beginning to try to do. They're, they're, they're trying to work really hard. Paul was essentially saying, hey, listen, you're already in the river. <laughs> to, to bring it back to a water analogy, you're already in the river. The question is, is how deep do you want to go? But, but please know that all of the works you do, Galatians, they don't make you get in the river again. Jesus did that. He got you in the river. He got you in the river. And so Paul clearly explains the gospel in the book of Galatians to them. But the thing that surprised me as I was looking at this is go back to 525. So with that context in mind, now in 525, it, it's a little bit different. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is chapter 5. So Paul's beginning to actually summarize and kind of sum up Galatians. He's beginning to wrap up his letter. And he tells us to stay in step by the Spirit. But what has he already done in this book? He has clearly outlined the gospel by faith in Jesus alone. And he said, listen, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. You're enough. You don't need to do anything else. You're enough. Believing in Jesus by faith alone is enough. And so this evening, I would actually like us to take a similar journey with Jesus. I actually want to just present the gospel to you guys again. I want us just to review the gospel. Because the gospel is the source of life. No matter what Brita pitcher you are, the source is still here. It is still the water. Jesus has never changed. It's still the water, guys. That in order to, to, to cultivate the river of life, we just have to be connected to the source. And as I began to talk to Jesus, I began to ask him, Lord, what is it that kingdom life wants to know this evening? He said, I just want them to know that, no, that the river of life, in order to, to cultivate and, and enjoy it and jump in it and, and for it to be blossoming out of you, you've got to know where it comes from. It doesn't come from you. It comes from Jesus. It comes from Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The gospel is all about Jesus. Any miracle that we see here at Kingdom Life, it's because Jesus did the first miracle of bringing us into salvation, bringing us into his body. That was the first miracle he did that enabled all of the amazing, incredible testimonies that you'll hear up front. It's because of Jesus first. Yeah. So please sit back and relax as we, rejoice, as, as we enjoy and review the gospel again. This is uh, six points. Number point. Point number one. God created each and every one of you for his glory. He created you for his glory. I don't have these memorized, so I've got to reference this. Isaiah 43 says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory. God created you for his glory. God made all of us in his own image so that you would reflect God's glory. Point number two. Therefore, since you were created in God's glory, you should reflect God's glory. You should reflect God's glory. Corinthians says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You have scriptures from Matthew, Romans, Psalms, and another Matthew passage that says, the way to live for the glory of God is to love him, trust him, be thankful to him. 
obey him and treasure him above all things. That's all biblical scripture. If you want the references for that, I can give that to you. So when you do those things, you glorify God. Point number three, nevertheless, each and every one of you have fallen short of the glory of God. So you were created for God's glory. Therefore, you should honor, you should give glory to God, but you can because you have fallen short of God's glory. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 1 is speaking about humanity, and he's saying that although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. So none of us, not one of us is exempt. None of us has loved God enough. No one has. No one has. And it, it like feels really uncomfortable to hear that a lot, you know, a little bit like, like, ah, no, I'm a good guy, you know, like, you're like, no, you're not, you know, you're not. You are, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, you know. We are a new creation. But the kingdom has come, but it's still coming. You know, we're not in heaven fully yet, but we are a new creation. So therefore, since we've all fallen short of God's glory, point number four, we all deserve eternal punishment. We all deserve eternal death. The wages of sin is eternal death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Second Thessalonians says, those who did not obey the Lord Jesus will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. You are not a perfect person. No one is a perfect person. Everyone has sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all deserve eternal death and punishment from that. Point number five, yet in his great mercy, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for each and every one of us. He rose from the dead on the third day after to make a way for the plan of salvation, to make a way for salvation for us. It is a free gift. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is uh, one of my favorites. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that we might be brought to God. He suffered once for sins that we would be brought to God. Here's the exciting thing. This particular point about your faith, if you know Jesus, this particular point about your faith makes your faith completely different from every other worldview on the planet. Because every other worldview on the planet is all about works, whether it's Mormonism or Hinduism or Islam or wherever that is. Like, there is, everything is works-based. This concept of Jesus dying, and, and that's it. You're done. If you believe in him, this unique gift... That makes you so distinctly different. That makes you salty because the rest of the world is crying out for freedom. And no matter how hard you work, you will never experience freedom. Point number six. Therefore, eternal life is a free gift to all who trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Acts 16 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift from God. Not a result of works, so that no one can boast. 
Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Philippians says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ as my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order what? That I simply may gain Christ, that I may know Christ. So there it is, six-point gospel. There we have it again. The way to experience the full river is simply to be connected back to that source, to remember Jesus is inside of you. It was him who started it all. It's all about him. All the development, all the sanctification, all the work, it all started with Jesus cleaning up your mess. All the development, all the experience, all the breakthrough you've seen in the miraculous, all, all of the prophetic words, all that, it's because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. You can't take credit for any of it. The gospel plan of salvation, the, the, uh, you experiencing conversion, you meeting Jesus, that's what started it all. That's what started everything. It's all about Jesus. <sighs> so the gospel is for today. Whether you believed five minutes ago, whether you believed 50 years ago, the gospel right now in your life is for today. The gospel was not something that happened forever ago. It is, it is happening and has happened in your life now. You are continually being redeemed, and it is from the power of the Spirit. Paul talks in Galatians, he uses the word justified. That's a very loaded word in, the, in, the, in Paul's language because what he's referring to is this Old Testament concept of being brought into the family of God, of being set right before God, and of continually being sanctified before God, continually being made right in Christ. Paul is, is emphasizing you can't do it all. You can't do it anything. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The source is Jesus. So regardless of your theology of whether Jesus chose you or you chose him, it all began with him. He is the source of life. He is the source of the river. And tonight, he is calling you again to be connected to him, to reconnect with him. So for some of you, some of the, one of the most profound things that you can do your relationship with Jesus is simply to lay there and sit there and do nothing with him. Do nothing with him. Because in that, it takes more faith because it's not about performance. It's not about anything that you can do. It is simply about you connecting with Jesus. It's simply, I mean, you can't do anything. You can't rely on any of your own stuff. It's just you laying with Jesus. It's one of the most profound things that some of you can do. All right, so here's my theological turn here. Some of you free will people were getting a little, getting a little antsy in your seats, talking about the sovereignty of God a lot. Um, so there are things that, that it's all Jesus, but there are things that we can do to partner with God's spirit to cultivate the river of life. You're already in the river. The question is, is are you going to lay back into the stream and re relax with the Lord? and follow him and enjoy the river? Are you going to walk upstream? Are you going to stand ankle deep and, and just, you know, not get, not get too deep in the river? 
There are things inside the river, inside a relationship with God that you can, all, you can do, but please understand the thing that, that gets us focused off of the Lord and, and quenches up and clogs up that Brita filter is when we begin to forget the glory of God, the glory of us knowing God because God, hallelujah, you sent your son Jesus to die for us. Let us never grow tired or never lose our wonder in our experience of knowing and becoming like Jesus. So, some in intentional things that you can do in the river this evening is you can slow down and actually spend time with God. You can slow down and stop your day and spend time with God. Maybe some of these things stand out to you. Whichever one of these things kind of pop out to you this evening, I would just encourage you to do this week. Or perhaps um, you read uh, the verses, go to Job, go to the last couple chapters of Job, and read God's explanation of where he was when the earth was created. Read, read God's explanation of, the, um, of, of how he created the lightning bolts, and he tells them where to go. Um, and, and he created the he created the sea and the behemoth and he created all these animals and, and it was God who started all that. Another thing you do is you um, what is my, one question is what is the last thing you felt led to do or God told you to do and have you done that? So not is it like well, I sort of like feel like I should do this because of like guilt or shame but like what is the thing that as you sit with the Lord you really felt like he has told you to do or you felt led to do have you done that have you obeyed have you just simply moved into that have you taken one step to move into that obedience whatever that obedience might look like another uh another thing that um you can do to intentionally enjoy the river is uh review your salvation story review the, the beginning and that's one of the things i wanted to do this evening was just to like sort of create another beginning for us. You know, anytime my wife and I think back to the, like, the time that we met, you know, or if like Matt and Amanda were to like stand up here and start to tell you all of their like, oh my gosh, we met each other. All the girls would be like, oh, it's amazing. You know, the guys would be like, I want a wife so bad. You know, like, you know, if once you start to like remember the beginning and the beautiful, the beautiful moments in the beginning, like go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning in your relationship with the Lord. Think back to those moments of like, what was it like when I started, you know? And for some of you, you have this really clear, like, this was the moment. And some of you, your story is a little bit less like, well, it was like a process, you know? And, and then there is these multiple moments. And like, review all of that with the Lord. Like, sit down with him and just remember it and think about it. And take time to remember that. Some of you can change your beliefs. And you can repent of any works-based theology. Um, I'm a doer, man. I'm such a doer. I love to do things. I love to get things done. I love to see results happen. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm goal-oriented. Um, but the kingdom doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always work that way. So, like, one of the things that, and I ran cross-country, middle school, all the way through college. And so, one of the most profound things that, that I have done is simply, like, just repented myself of, like, Lord, like, 
life with you is not like a cross-country race. It's not like a sport. It's not like performance. Like, I want to do things with excellence, but regardless, like, there's a difference between doing things with excellence and then also trying to do things really, just trying to make it happen myself. Like, at some point in time, I have to rest and relax and just, like, trust the sovereignty of the Lord. Some of you who are a little bit closer to us, you've sort of heard the story of, of Megan and I as we've just kind of walked through the past year and a half of trying to navigate some things practically with our family. And one of the things that was actually um, sort of getting, uh, damming up my, my Brita filter and getting in the way of that uh, was like my own inability to surrender to the Lord because I wanted my life to look a certain way or thought it should look a certain way. Has, has anyone sort of like raised your hand if you were like, I did not look, think that life would look this way five years ago, you know? And so like there was a, there was a solid sense of like anger that I felt of having to really like, and this anger was getting in the way of a lot of things and it was getting in the way of my relationship with the Lord, getting in the way of my relationship with Megan. But what I realized was like, it was a lack of surrender on my part. But, but even like that, but that surrender doesn't, it doesn't make me justified before God. I'm already justified before him. I already have a relationship with him. But what it does is it begins, it's like me being, I was trying to run upstream because I wanted things to look my way or be my way. But then a month ago or so, we, we finally, I was like, God, I surrender. Okay, I get it. Like, at some point, I have to trust you as sovereign God. Like, Yes, I believe that I have free will and you gave that to me, but at some point, I need to trust that you're also sovereign. And I need to trust that you're also in charge, God. And so I trust you because the, Lord, the world is about you experiencing your glory, not about me. So the last thing this evening is I actually, uh, uh, or last thing that I would encourage you to uh, jump in the river is I would encourage you to affirm your faith again. Go back to the beginning and, and just affirm your faith this evening of saying, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. It was all you. And I love you, and I believe that you died for me. And, and it's all because of your death on the cross, not of anything I've done. This evening, I invite you just to reaffirm that. Reaffirm your relationship with Jesus based on, hey, it's not about me. Because the world says that a lot of stuff's about me. The world says that a lot of stuff's about what I can do. But no, Jesus, it's about what you did for me. How do I partner with what you're doing? So uh, this evening, uh, I just want to give a little bit of time for that. So wherever you are in your chair, um, I just invite you to connect with the Lord. Um, we're just going to slow down a little bit. And I just want you to um, connect with the Lord. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And so I'm just going to kind of lead us through a corporate prayer. Um, and just as you connect with the Lord, just go ahead and agree with this. Um, Jesus, we thank you that you have created us for your glory. Jesus, thank you so much that you died for us. Lord Jesus, we cannot do anything apart from you. We cannot do anything apart from you, Lord. Father God, we ask that you would just like 
make the river flow the greatest it's ever flown in us. Oh, Jesus, we pray, Lord, uh, for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hmm, yeah. Jesus, thank you for your free gift of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you are good. You are so, so good, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hmm. Yeah. Jesus, we love you. Would you recenter our hearts on you? If, if, if any of our hearts have sort of gotten off on tertiary things, Lord, that we'd be so centered and focused on you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you so, so much. Amen. Amen. Hmm. If any of you um, this evening, it was your first time hearing the gospel, we would love to talk with you. Um, we would love to talk with you. Um, talk with Matt or me or Nicholas or Kathy or anyone. Um, find someone that, um, just find someone at Kingdom Life that you see that, you know, that's a leader and find them because we would love to be connected with you. Um, yeah. Or this evening, if you're like, man, I have been off a little bit, but like this evening, I'm like, whoa, getting like recalibrated. We would still love to connect with you. Please talk with us um, because we're going to continue to walk with you on that journey. All right. I'm going to hand off to Matt now. Thank you, Jesus.